Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome to the PKN Packaging News Podcast. My name is Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Lindy Hewson, Managing Editor and Publisher of PKN Packaging News and the host of this show. G'day, Lindy. Can you please tell us about our guest and topic for today? Hi, Grant. Well, I'm really thrilled to be here today. The discussion we're going to have touches on three of my favorite pastimes, being in the ocean, drinking a chilled glass of wine at the end of a summer's day, and of course, talking about doing good things for the planet with packaging. Now, on this podcast, we spend a fair amount of time focused on sustainability and the environment, and often, of course, the subject of plastic waste in the ocean rears its ugly head. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about an Australian wine brand that has made it its mission to join the fight against ocean plastic and to enable consumers to do so too. The Hidden Sea Winery has partnered with global organization ReSea Project, and together they are making an impact. Here to tell us about the partnership and his company's own sustainability journey is CEO Richie Vandenberg, a familiar name to AFL followers and especially Hawthorne fans. Welcome to the PKN Podcast, Richie. Hello, Lindy. Pleasure to be here. Now, Richie, from captain of Hawthorne to winemaker and ocean plastic crusader. That's quite a leap. Tell us the story of this journey and what led you to the partnership with Reese Project. Yes, could be viewed as quite an eclectic mix, couldn't it? Uh, I think to give it some context, I'll just rewind a little bit. Uh, I grew up on vineyards. Uh, I'm now a fourth generation grape grower, would you believe? And my family are still growing grapes. Uh, My father was very keen for myself and my two brothers, to leave the farm at some point and try something else. And I went off to Melbourne University and studied environmental engineering. Um, So there's the link to vineyards and and link to the environment naturally. But while I was studying at at Melbourne Uni, I was picked up by Hawthorne and ended up having a 10-year professional AFL career. While I was playing football, I um, invested in and redeveloped a whole bunch of vineyards. And then there's been a sort of a natural progression from there. So that's really been the link from, from Vineyard, um, the environmental link and, and through football. And then we'll get into it a little bit later around the detail around how the Hidden Sea came to be so connected to the Reese project. Okay, so I think um, I'm quite interested first up in how the partnership with Reese works when it comes to Hidden Sea and what this means for Aussies buying your wine. Yeah, so when we founded the the business and started the brand back in 2013, we wanted to build a brand with purpose. Um, Purpose and vision was something that I'd certainly learned through my AFL career and also my business partner, Justin, had had experience of just the the power and the importance of of having a purpose. So the big part of building the brand The Hidden Sea was about how do we build a brand with purpose that talks to more than just being about the wine. And that started our journey with uh, looking after the ocean. Now, it took us a long time to find a way to be able to make a tangible difference. And it wasn't until 2020 and after various numerous and various conversations with the Reese Project, um, we, in conjunction with them, designed uh, this uh, program effectively that allowed us to give a tangible Uh, meaningful uh, difference that we could make. So for every bottle of the Hidden Sea that we sell, we would pull 10 plastic bottles out of the ocean. Uh, And 
that's all based on on weight. Um, but basically, that's how the, the program works. So you would make a contribution financially so that they could pull 10 plastic bottles out of the ocean? Correct. So we make a, a financial contribution for every bottle that is sold. So we don't talk about um, donating percentages of profits. It's done at the, at the product level. So it's a commitment at the, at the product level. So you've spoken um, in some of the, the content that we've written about the Hidden Sea, you've spoken often about the importance of businesses being transparent with consumers. How do consumers know that the Hidden Sea is in fact removing plastic from the ocean? Yeah, so this is absolutely critical to everything that we, we believe in and because we start with values. So you've got to have a very strong set of values. And for us, there is, there is no point claiming that you are doing something unless you can prove that you are doing something. So the Resea project is, and this is what we love about Resea, is they are independently audited by a company called DNVGL, uh, and DNVGL are setting the global standard for plastic collection. And we have on our bottle, you will see a uh, QR code that anyone can scan, and then there is a blockchain technology that flows from the collection of the plastic all the way through until until the waste bank. So it's a it's a, a blockchain technology combined by a fully certified and audited process. And do you explain that on your pack itself? What is on the pack is the fact that for every bottle we sell, we'll pull 10 plastic bottles out of the ocean. It's clearly outlined uh, through our website, but I don't think we've been able to get that much text onto the bottle. But there is a fair bit of text on there. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a fair bit of text on there. I'm just wondering if you'd thought of perhaps as part of that QR code, um, because consumers are starting to engage more through QR codes, especially in the wine industry for some reason. The wine industry has really embraced smart packaging and the journey that they can take consumers on um, through using the smartphone applications and scanning either the wine bottle itself or the QR code. Um, perhaps through that you could add a message, or perhaps you already have, around connecting Hidden Sea with Resea Project. So we constantly optimise the messaging, um, both at, on on the bottle, but also, which is much easier, via the QR code. And that is just listening to what consumers and watching what consumers are doing in terms of how they're engaging with the information. And then that continually gets updated and optimised. So if, if we find that people um, are very interested in the integrity that sits in behind it, then absolutely we'll start to call that out more and more. So I'm curious to know when the Resea project is doing their work out there in the boats and collecting bottles from the ocean, are they also collecting other plastic waste or are they just collecting bottles? No, 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 absolutely. So it's it's all plastic. So the, the, the way it works is the fishermen go out and they, they're given mobile fines. So these are typically fishermen that used to fish these waters and or still do. Quite often these waters now are uh, you know, they're quite urban and so they're very highly polluted with plastic. So they, they've been instructed to collect all plastic and they are paid by weight. So it doesn't matter if it's a plastic bottle or not. And so we have converted it into plastic bottles. So it's and or and or an equivalent by weight of plastic bottles. Okay, so technically the 10 bottles could be eight bottles plus some other plastic waste Correct. if we're That's doing right. it in that measure. And what happens to the plastic once it is removed from the ocean? Yeah, so then it goes through a sorting process. So the Receipt Project's people go through and sort all the different plastics into those that can be easily recycled through traditional means 
And, of course, we are now faced with the issue that a lot of this plastic has been in the ocean for so long that it's degraded to a point that it's unable to be recycled. So, unfortunately, technology is not there at the moment to be able to recycle all the plastic. So then it goes back through. Um, some of it ends up back into landfill and or goes to energy production. Well, I think step one, the most important thing is to get it out of the ocean. Um, and then I'm hoping that technology is going to, technology development is going to catch up and that that waste that we can't recycle will be able to do something else with um, and capture the energy from that. Um, okay, so you have bold ambitions when it comes to the impact you want to make. What is your stated goal? As, and as of today, where are you at? Yes, that's all about creating the vision, Lindy, and, and what we're trying to do is inspire a tribe of people to, to come on the journey with us. So the goal we have set ourselves is to remove a billion plastic bottles uh, and or equivalent of plastic by weight by 2030. Uh, where are we currently? We are just under 11 million. We passed the 10 million um, bottle mark in uh, this month, actually. So yes, we reported on that in PKN, actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's been quite exciting, and 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 people have really started to engage with it. So the purpose of removing the plastic and the purpose of getting a tribe of people to engage and in, in what we're doing, um, both seem to be striking a chord at the moment. Certainly, a billion bottles by twenty thirty. I reckon. I reckon it's doable. Don't you? Yeah, we do. It's it is a it is a very bold goal when we convert it back to to wine bottles. Mm, um, of course, mm. it's a it's a hundred million wine bottles sold over a ten year period, and our run rate would suggest that we're not there yet. But uh, the growth has been has been quite extraordinary. So we're really happy with the way people are engaging with the brand at this stage, and also the retailers. We've had enormous support from retailers, especially in the UK uh, through the Nordic markets, and now in the US. It's been it's been fantastic. So your goal, obviously, would be to grow your markets for your wine. So let's talk about your wine for a bit. Tell us a bit about the wine, and then we're going to talk about the wine packaging. Yeah, sure. So the story of the Hidden Sea is we are based in Coonawarra, which is on in the Limestone Coast in the southeast of South Australia. Uh, the reason it is called the Hidden Sea is the Coonawarra was once covered by the Great Southern Ocean, hence the play on words, the Hidden Sea. So being from the Coonawarra wine region, we are a premium wine. Um, but we like to be aspirational but reachable. So we play around that $15 to $20 price point. Uh, we are a predominantly cool climate uh, range of wines. And at the moment, we, we like to think, you know, we have a real specialty in Sauvignon Blanc, does really well out of our region, uh, Rosé, and, of course, uh, it's very well known for its um, Cabernet and Shiraz. Well, the rosé is my particular favourite, <laughs> uh, but we won't go down my wine habits right now. Talk to me about your packaging. Um, how is that meeting its sustainability goals, your sustainability goals, and who are your main packaging partners and how are they helping you to achieve those goals? Yeah, so if you look at the brand and our vision, we have a very singular vision, which is to pull, remove plastic from the ocean. However, we find and we believe in that consumers uh, are looking for just more than a, a singular focus. So when you peel back the onion skin all the way from the vineyard all the way through to the consumer, we're doing everything we can from a sustainability perspective. In relation to the, the, the bottle and the packaging itself, so we use Cutler brands and they use an organic ink, for example, on the bottle 
Um, we take off where we can any packaging that's unnecessary. So when we go into cork for the US market, for example, there are no there, there is no other packaging other than the cork on the bottle. So we call it the naked bottle. Uh, and then naturally, what we're all trying to do in the wine industry is find ways to make glass, which is a highly recyclable product, um, more efficient both in its production but also in its weight by using light lightweight bottles, etc. And who's your glass bottle supplier? Uh, Aurora. Okay, so we are actually going to be interviewing the CEO of Aurora um, next week on the podcast, and we'll be talking then about their glass beneficiation facility, because I know Aurora is doing a lot of work to ensure a circular direction for their glass and glass recycling. So I'm really pleased to hear that they are your partners in this instance. And with Cutler Brands, you said um, you're screen printing the bottle. In other words, so you're not, you don't have a label. Correct. Taking away that extra layer of packaging. Now, you have very eye-catching graphics, central to which is the design of the whale. Who designed your art, artwork and what is the significance of the, of the whale? Yes, so we, we do believe in um, eye-catching um, packaging. Uh, the, the significance of the whale goes back to the story, goes back to our provenance story, which is in Rattenbully, which is another re- region of the limestone coast, there is a full-size fossilised whale that is currently 100 kilometres from the current coastline sitting under a vineyard there. Now, it's famously known as the whalebone vineyard down in, in those parts. Um, so that's the story of the whale. And the, the, the artist that brought it to life is a guy by the name of John Contino, who is a hand illustrator based out of New York, and he has a very distinctive style. And I think you'll see through through our packaging that, um, it's quite a unique piece of artwork that um, that John has put together for the Hidden Sea brand. Yes, we'll certainly add a picture of the packaging um, into our show notes so that people can have a look at that. So, Richie, what is next for the Hidden Sea? Yes, well, uh, I've mentioned it a couple of times, but we do have a really singular focus, which is to get to this 1 billion uh, plastic bottles out of the ocean by, by 2030. Um, so, from that perspective, what all we're trying to do now is just continue to grow our footprint both here in Australia with retailers and then also uh, in the US is now a big focus for us and through Southeast Asia and various other countries. So for us, it's really about just growing our distribution footprint at the moment. So with, with the local retailers in Australia, what percentage um, footprint are you at at the moment? Um, if I can do it by percentage, I'm not really sure if I can do that, but where are your roadblocks? What are you trying to um, overcome to get further extended in the market? Yeah, so in Australia, we're running a trial with BWS up on the uh, up on the um, northern beaches of New South Wales. So we've got a cluster of stores up there, and we're going into a cluster of stores here in Melbourne. Um, naturally, we're we're working towards getting getting to national distribution with with the major retailers. As you know, in in Australia, there's there are two um, major retailers in in alcohol. So um, really, it's just about you know getting their attention and, and getting the buyers to understand and, and buy into what we're doing and, and support the brand. And do you think that the that the story you have, the the um, additional sustainability story that your wine tells, is something that's attractive now to those retailers? I'd like to think so. It's certainly what's opened the door for us. If you look at uh, through Europe and Scandinavia, that those countries are typically probably a little bit further down the path in terms of really understanding that the consumer is looking for these kinds of products. So in Sainsbury's and the Coop um, booths, um, 
various other retailers in, in the UK, uh, ASDA, they've all really bought into it and, and it's been well supported by their consumers based on our sales run rates. However, in Australia, we just haven't been able to um, get through the door just yet. But I'm sure as we start to tell our story with the with the local retailers, we'll, we'll start to get that support. Well, I certainly hope so. Now, as a business leader, Richie, how important do you do you see it as for, for a business to take a stand like you're doing? Yeah, it comes back to these days. We we believe that. Uh, the community is looking for more than just the product and it's incumbent upon all brand owners to be making that commitment, uh, whether it be through what people are doing with um, their emissions and or some other initiative. But people are certainly looking for brands to display leadership in this space and that's what we feel is is really important is not only to raise awareness, but show leadership by actually going and doing something tangible, which is what we've tried to do. And in terms of your feedback from consumers, have you had uh, feedback that says, yes, you're on the right track, hey, we love your wine, but we really love what you're doing? It's been quite extraordinary, Lindy. We've got over 200 ambassadors globally. Uh, None of those ambassadors are paid, and quite often these are uh, influencers who are on social media who are paid influencers. However, they just love what we're doing and want to support the initiative that the brand um, is pushing. And, of course, through that, we get a lot of feedback around, you know, how people really engage with the brand. So I think people are really telling us just by their their need or their want to be associated with the brand that um, they're really supportive of what it is we're doing. Well, you certainly have our support, Richie. It's wonderful um, to see how your business can affect change, especially when you're putting Planet at the very centre of your focus. So thank you very much for joining us today, for telling us your interesting story. And um, here's hoping that you can get that footprint spread far and wide. Good on you. Thank you, Lindy. Well, thank you, Richie, and thanks, Lindy, and of course, thanks to our audience for joining us for this episode. Don't forget, if you enjoyed what you heard today, you can tell a colleague about us so they too can benefit from this show. We'll be back in the not-too-distant future with another informative episode, but until then, have a great day. The PKN Podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.